God says, there's been a sound. A sound has gone out over this nation and it is the sound of my voice, says the Lord. It is the vibration that comes from the very throne room. And I have a noise, I have a sound, I have a sweetness that is beginning to flow over this country. Events have occurred that have been my hand over your nation because you as a people have cried out to me for your country and I have answered you. And not only have I answered you, but I will now back up that answer with the flow of the Spirit in this nation that this place, this place, this place will be such a land of flourishing that people are going to notice from around the nations that something has happened, something dramatic has happened to this nation. And they will then see that it is my hand upon this country. It is my hand. It is my life. It is my voice that is going to go out over these people, over this nation. Be prepared for the opposition. But guess what? I have overcome the world. And so it is definitely the time. My time for you is now. It is time to rise up, not to, to, to be exalted, but to be um, joyful and to work with me, says the Holy Spirit, and where I'm going, because I am going. Are you coming is my question to you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, God. Jesus. Jesus, you know, the Lord is, is just so particularly speaking, I believe, not just to us, but he is speaking to this nation. Um, I don't know. I just can't stop loving my nation. I can't stop just the wonder of what God has done for us. And I, you know, I suppose we can do the offering, whatever. We've not got a plan here. But yesterday was the National Day of Thanksgiving. And, oh. Now I'm wrecked. There he is. Beautiful boy. Two beautiful boys. Three beautiful boys. Wow. Um, the National Day of Thanksgiving was yesterday. And I, I, I only found out this morning. And I thought, it doesn't matter because it's so the right time to have the National Day of Thanksgiving a week after God has done something wonderful for our nation. And, and you know, I don't, it's not about politics. It's about... Um, it's about morality. It's about goodness. It's about rightness. It's about choosing a good way to walk. And God has done something for us. And, you know, non-Christians have asked, what's going on? And, and Christians have been able to say, well, the whole nation got together and prayed because they're all in shock. They're all shocked. They're like, what, what, what happened? We feel like, what's going on? The country came together and began to petition God. And the it's so good. It's so good. And we need to pray for this family every day. We need to pray for our government, our parliament, our buildings. We need to pray for Canberra. They're seriously in need of prayer. They always have been. But, um, you know, God has been so good to us. And I just believe that we're on the, the verge. I believe that what's happened is the opening of the doors from God. And something is happening. And we've had that sense in the last, you know, 18 months that God 
is going to do something different to the way that we've, we've done it before. And it just keeps coming through. It keeps coming through all the time in the words that we're hearing from the Lord and other people and other churches and other ministry is that there's this expectation that there's something new, but we don't know what it looks like. And I love the way that God can keep us held in that suspense because when we don't know, we won't preempt something. Well, if we think I've got the plan, pardon me, I know how God's going to do it. We'll start doing our own little thing. But God's just going to sweep in and surprise us on how he's going to do it. Oh, I see I can't sleep. I can't sleep. I have been sleeping really well, but I wake up and I'm like, oh, God, what are you doing? I'm, oh, come on, you can sit if you like. I think I just want to keep going here. Um. Praise the Lord. I kept studying last night and getting some stuff and I just got this sense it was just going to change, which is the way God always does it. You know, Ken told me something so exciting before the meeting and I was like, this is definitely the Lord. Do you want to tell him what happened? And I wanted to come back to the fact that you did that for Barry, who's not even here to work. Um, I was in Finland shooting cold things, <laughs> trees, frozen trees and things like that. Um, and uh, an opportunity came from one of the guys to go and shoot uh, birds. And he said, uh, you know, like he said, look, there's a spare spot. Would anyone like to come and shoot birds? And normally, you know, with the camera. <laughs> and... Um, I, normally I'm not a really sort of bird photographer, like, you know, there's more little feathery things and I like the big game and things like that. But, and I just felt like, oh, I don't really want to do that. And then I thought, Barry would really love to do that. And I thought, I should go and do this to honour Barry. And so I, this whole thought process happened just in seconds in my head and I went, yeah, I'll come and shoot birds. And everybody looked at me and went, looked at me and went what? You're going to go and sit in a hide for seven hours and wait and shoot birds. I went, yeah. And I went, are you okay? I said, no, I'm going. So I went to this hide and it was, you know, we're talking seriously cold over there, but we're in this little hide and trying to battle with keeping my lens defrosted and so you can actually see through it and woodpeckers are coming along and all these little birds and I'm thinking, oh, they're okay. Woodpeckers. But there was a chance that an eagle was going to come and then right towards the end of the day, we hadn't sighted the eagle. And then all of a sudden, just as we only got about another half an hour to go, uh, along comes this eagle. And he doesn't just come in, but he comes in and sits on the tree, this huge eagle, and he sort of gives me a chance to get sorted out and get ready for this uh, eagle. And then the eagle, just when I was ready, just came right at me, on right down low on the uh, snow, and then came and just went out like that. And Got a whole motor drive sequence of this and every one of them was pinned sharp. And I went, whoa, that was amazing. So I put out another shot, the second bird shot, in honour of Barry. And it's called Soaring, uh, Soaring Majesty. And it's this um, eagle. Anyhow, I was in the gallery in a couple of weeks when, when ScoMo or Scott Morrison was up here with Lucy Wicks at our gallery. Um, he saw that print on the wall and he bought it and they, for his home. So, you know, it was quite amazing that, because uh, I think it was prophetic for him, 
And uh, anyhow, so, yeah, he's got that print in his home. And I believe that the election result really was a miracle. God, you know, and I sense the spirit. I always believe that Liberal was going to, to win because we needed that man because he is a godly man. And, you know, hopefully get, we'll get a chance. I believe we're going to get a chance to talk with Scott about what God's vision is for the Center of Australia. I, I believe God's got him there because we need a godly leader because Holy Spirit revival is happening in Australia. It's going to go like a fire through this nation. And so God is strategically putting people in place that are sensitive to it. Now, another thing, I put a post out, I don't know if, if anyone saw it, about congratulating Scott Morrison for winning the election and, um, you know, talking about how he was so proud that he bought the Prince Soaring Majesty and I said it's good to have a godly man who is going to look after everybody. And whoa, is there a lot of anger out there? <laughs> And I had people sort of say, well, that's it. I'm going to sell every, I'm going to sell the books I've got of you. I'm going to take you off my like list and I'm going to do this and I'm going to... And so it's like the world's out there and there's so much pressure for us to not say anything, just to buckle at the knees and people, because they're not going to like you, you know. And so I, I thought about it and... Uh, some people said to me, look, you've got to be careful of this because this could uh, damage the reputation of the, of the, uh, the gallery. And, and I just thought, you know what? What is the point of having a reputation if you can't lift up God and do it and have an opinion in this nation? So let's all get out of the closet and be, be brave enough to be who we are in Jesus because that's what's happened to Christianity. We've all been too scared to really speak out and tell people about the most important thing in our life and I believe as we begin to do that we also will soar like eagles and be taken up into high places because you know I, I say to my daughter all the time and, and to other people who are going through struggles and strife in life there's three sorts of birds there's turkeys crows <laughs> and eagles and what happens in life you start off and down with the the turkeys and everybody's gobbling around and you know and then all of a sudden you realize this gobbling around just you know eating stuff off the ground is pretty not not that great and then all of a sudden you decide oh, i've got to get above this and there's got to be something greater and as you dare to strive to go higher and try and you know look for some greater purpose or some bigger meaning all of a sudden along come the crows man they just want to attack you Hey, look at you, who do you think you are, you know? <laughs> or whatever the crows, they're all come in all different varieties. And then you, you can sit there if you want to and have arguments with crows, and, you know, and it's just a fruitless argument because it's just got no substance. But we're called to find those thermal currents. And you know what? The Holy Spirit is referred to as the wind in the Bible, and that's that wind that just lifts us higher and higher. We don't have to struggle like a crow who's flapping his little wings off just to try and keep up the, the, the hassling. As you find that wind and just allow yourself to soar and get into that wind, you lift it up. And then the poor crow's just trying to do it in his own effort. He just can't get there. And so you just rise above the crows and the turkeys. And then you look down <laughs> and you see everything so clearly. And so we were not designed to be turkeys. We are not designed to be crows attacking things and trying to struggle on our own strength. We are designed to be eagles and to be lifted up high by the Holy Spirit winds. And that's what's happening with the Holy Spirit wind with Scott Morrison. I think, you know, the Holy Spirit's really with him. 
and I'm so excited. So, back to you. Isn't that awesome? How good is that? Oh, no, I think that, I think that, see, when you, when you can see prophetically and you hear things like that, you're like, man, this man was chosen by God for this time, this season, right, everything. And here's like a little seal on it that he's got a Ken Duncan shot in his house that says soaring majesty. And you did it, you know, for Baz. Starts off like this, ends up like that because that's who God is. Oh, I just, I'm so excited. I just, I've got so many things, it's just outrageous. But I won't, I won't take all day. Proverbs 29, 2 says, when good people run things, everyone's glad. But when the ruler is bad, everyone groans. And isn't that awesome? And, you know, the day after the election, you guys don't have to play if you don't want to, but I do like you there, but you can choose to do what you like. Um, it was like the next day when you went out after that election. Oh, no, go and have a seat. Go on. You can if you like. Um, I won't do a barry on you. Tat, stay there all day. <laughs> um, it was like when you went out, wherever you went, wherever I went the next day after the election, there was like this tremendous peace and this tremendous calm. In fact, two point, what? How many? 4.7 million people, 4.7 million people voted early. Over 5 million people pre-voted. And the thing that they said about the pre-voting was that it was um, also very organised, quiet, peaceful, and everybody knew what they wanted to do. And they've never had anything like that. And I'm thinking, yeah, this is a new day. We're in a new day. And that has brought, like, that's what the scripture says. When good people rule, there's peace around. Nobody's groaning. Dear me, we would have been groaning if we had have had nine-month abortions. We would have had 40% death tax. We would have had franking credits. We would have had poor old pensioners having to be taxed again on their super. And the list went on. Oh, and, and who doesn't want to have an electric car that you plug in and takes all night to... And I'm... My experience for this season was being in Queensland. All right, so we know what Queensland did. All right, so being on the ground with Queenslanders was so interest, interesting and intriguing. My mother has this little radio about yay big, and I think it was my dad's out of the shed, which he was a mechanic, so you imagine what it looks like. So it's on one station called 4CRB on the, on the Gold Coast. So it is a Christian radio station, but it's, it caters to like older people, and you know they play songs from the 50s. Like I'm like, oh yeah. Help me, Rhonda. I'm around the house. Really getting nostalgic. But Alan Jones was on there every day. And so to hear what people were ringing up saying, it was like, they're all in shock. They're like, this can't be really happening. People can't really be saying these things. And like, people come, people ring from um, truck drivers from Central Australia about the electric cars. They're like, oh, sure, we're going to have an electric truck that goes for, what, 100 k's, and then we've got to plug it in again into a tree? You know, and, and not even sensible stuff. And so to get a Queenslander riled up, and I'm a Queenslander, so I know how they can get going if you poke the bear up there. They got poked. They got really stirred up and they made a decision. And I, it's, we are living in incredible times. I don't know whether you realise that. But this is really an amazing season. Now, what I believe is going to happen is that God is opening doors everywhere. 
for Christianity, for the message to get out over our nation. And I mean, that's I just saw that when I was prophesying. I saw these massive sweeping green fields, lush, and, and that's a spiritual picture of just the growth and the goodness that's going to happen in our nation. But other nations are going to look at us and go, what, what's going on over there? Praise the Lord. Well, we're going to say, well, we'll tell you what's going on. God is good. God is so good to us. I'm glad you asked. And I believe that um, there's going to be a totally different season that we've known. We've known something, but we know something else is coming up. It's all very kind of vaguey, but it's not. It's like God is saying, I've got something going on that you haven't seen yet. So we're prepared, but we're not going to control because we don't know what it looks like. So we have to wait for God to show us. So I'm, I'm, I'm saying let's all get into that prepared, preparedness mode of expecting God to speak to us about what he wants to do here in this nation and how he wants to do it. How do you want to reach this country, Lord God? I don't believe it's the traditional way that we've done it. Ah, did I say that in public? I did. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I know, I know that, you know, um, just from talking to people that Hillsong is ramping up, finally ramping up, and yep, yeah, there it is. There's the hand. Um, coming out and prophesying and starting to move in the gifts in the public meetings, which they haven't done in the past because they felt it was too hard and all that, you know, it's like big crowds, but there's a change, and they're having Bill Johnson for their conference this year. Hallelujah. And so there is a, there's a change. And I know we hate change. The older we get, we hate change. But you know what? If you're born again and you're excited about God doing something, change is something we embrace. We're like, yeah, come on, bring it on, God. I mean... Someone said to me while I was away, oh, a young girl in the hospital, uh, not in the hospital, in the aged care where mum is, she said, man, where do you get all your energy? How old are you? I said, well, 67. She goes, well, what is it about you? You're unbelievable. You've got so much energy. I'm thinking, it's nervous energy trying to get this, all this stuff going. But, you know, like, it's from God. He gives you this excitement. And I don't know how many prophetic words I've had in the last 12 months that you haven't started. People just come up to me and start saying, oh, ah, yeah, yeah, God's just saying to you, you know, get ready because it's like you've only just begun. And I'm thinking, okay, that's good. I've only just begun. God is good. So, Reese, honestly, darling, it's so good to have you home. It is such a blessing to be able to see your face. I mean, it's, well, I'm really smart. I really am a blonde person sometimes. Had three years and only in the last six months did I think, Messenger, oh, look, it's got a phone on there. I wonder if it works. And I pressed it and it rang and here's Reese two seconds later, hello. I'm like, well, I'm a dummy. <laughs> but, you know, the blessing to be able to support this young man in his destiny is honestly... Better than chocolate cake. <laughs> no, it's just been so awesome to be able to do that. And his beautiful face. God is good. All right, what have I got? I don't know. That is a good word. Luke, 
No, good prophetic. You know what? While you were, while you were worshipping, I had this, I'll tell you because I think it's interesting. I just had this vision of a ringmaster. It wasn't you, it was actually me. But it was, a, it was a, you know, the ringmaster in the old-fashioned circus with the little circle and, you know, the ringmaster on his little thingy and he's got his whip and, you know, all the little acts come out. And, I thought, and the Lord said, that's you. You're, all you're just doing is being a ringmaster. <laughs> just bring out the next thing. Bring out the next person. Let that person come forth. Let what God has got. You know, oh, this has nothing to do with what I've got in my sermon. But Ephesians talks about... You know, the, the, the ministry gifts, the um, pastor, teacher, evangelist, apostle, and the other one, because I always forget, prophet. Oh, that's me. Um, I'm seriously having a day today. I'm sorry, I have had, I've realised I've driven to Queensland three times. So it's 800 k's, so that's six, eight, so nearly 5,000 k's in the last seven weeks. So I'm kind of like... I'm home. I woke up in the morning going, where am I? Okay, what was I talking about? Oh, Ephesians. The, oh, the ringmaster. Yeah, yeah. Well, the fivefold ministry gifts, this is very quick, um, are there to train up everybody to do the work of service. And we, we often get it wrong. It's like, oh, you know, this is the ministry here. This, as soon as I get behind this pulpit, I mean, it's the ministry. But that's not... That's not we're, yes, we do have a role and a position, but it is to train everybody up to be who they're supposed to be, the best that they can be. The work of service, the word, um, oh, I didn't even write the notes, I just quickly looked it up after I got my sermon for today. But um, for the work of service, for, for the work of ministering to people in a, I did write it down. What am I talking about? Uh, that's not even the right one. Oh, I've written it on another book. Um, but service is talking about, here it is, kind-heartedness, tenderness, looking after, fulfilling the destiny that God has for you. And that's the ministry. What's your call to? What's your call to? What's your call to? What are you called to? Are you called to take photographs of, of, of eagles so that the future prime minister, because he wasn't then, he was like downhill slide, you know, you're a loser, you ain't going to win nothing. And yet God's got him all set up for a position and pops him with a little photograph. Well, who ever thought that photography could be like a ministry? I think God did. So what is it? Whatever you find your hand to do. What does the Bible say? Do it with all your might. And, and our job as the five-fold ministry gift is to teach everybody to do and be who they are. So that's us. You were just, we were worshipping God, and I'm like seeing this little old circus with the ringmaster with his, you know, his little whip, and I'm like, yeah, God, ringmaster, great. What? He goes, that's you. That's what you do. That's what leadership does. Just bring out the next, bring out what's in. Bring out that good thing that you've got in you. All right, that's another sermon. I actually got crucified for preaching that in 1972 or four or something. When I first got saved, they couldn't figure out what I was talking about. But I get they got it later. All right, I've said this. This is my testimony. I just want to share some quick stuff this morning about my champion. My champion. Psalm 68.5 says that God is the father of orphans, but he is the champion of widows. Father of orphans and champion of widows is God in his holy house. 
Now, okay, so suddenly, you know, two months ago, I have this, um, that's him. I have this, I have to go and help my mother and see what's wrong with her. So I go up there. She needs to go into a home. Now, I've been told that to get somebody into aged care down here in New South Wales can take like quite some time. So I go up there, have a look present to my mother that I think it's time, mum, you know, for your safety and all the rest of it. So within three or four days, we actually get a, a room. And within four days, she's in that room. And this doesn't happen. And so I'm sitting in my... next thing I have to do is come home and then go back again because the house has to go up for sale. And so I'm up there in this house and I'm going, oh, God, and I keep quoting this to him, you are my champion please help, please help. And then all these, you know, plans and offers come. Anyway, so I get the house ready for market and um, it goes on the market on a Friday and there's nothing selling, by the way. The real estate's like, you know, it's a pretty hard market. We have coming up to an election, no one's spending money, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, really? Not my experience, I don't think. Well, we'll see what happens. But God, you're my champion. I have nobody to help me. I'm in my mum's house by myself. The rest of my family are just somewhere else down the road. And I'm like, God, I've only got you. What am I going to do? So the house goes on the market Friday and on Saturday I have an open house and it's sold. And the real estate agent's just shocked. She's just like my new best friend, by the way. Um, she's like, well, this doesn't happen. I said, oh, yes, it does happen. Yes, it does, honey. It happens. You need to know. She goes, oh, you got someone you know. I said, you know I got someone on my side. We've still got a good relationship, me and this girl. And um, so we talked for hours. And uh, that house sold. So, okay, that's great. I'm like, yeah, I come home. And I'm thinking, okay, I've got to get rid of everything. This is the family home for 30 plus years where the children, the grandchildren, we've all, you know, it's just been the lovely place. And I'm thinking, I have to get rid of everything. Oh, God, oh, please, Lord, be my champion. I don't know how I'm going to do this. And I had a couple of things set up. I went back up there, and, I, and, and, and I'm like, that was just this time. I'm thinking, what am I going to do? I mean, there's a pianola that 50 men can't shift. I don't even know how it got in the house. Um, and there was, a, there was a glass case, probably about from here to the wall, and about this thick, made by my uncle, who was, you know, like that age group made it to last for eternity and uh, it, who could move it it's full of dolls all right dolls from around the world that my uncle and auntie had gathered in the 50s or 60s or something from um the woman's weekly tour around the world that you did and and i just this was the bane of my life i wake up at night going how am i going to get rid of this thing and this has been going on for probably 12 months because my mum kept saying to me you want the dolls and i'd say no mum, i don't want the dolls what am i going to do with these things so I contacted my cousin. I couldn't get him on the phone. He lives somewhere out in the whoops at Palm Woods up on the Sunshine Coast. Um, haven't spoken or seen this man for 50 years. Hard to believe. Last time I saw him, he'd just come back from Vietnam. He's a young man that went to Vietnam. So I thought, can't get him on the phone. I I'm just I've got the address, so I wrote. I wrote to him. And I said, you know, I think you should have these days. Your, your, your mum and dad brought them from around the world, blah, 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 blah. Here's my phone number. Give me a call. He rang me as soon as he got the letter. 
And, he, and I said, do you want the dolls in the letter? Anyway, he rang me, he goes, yep, yeah, yeah, love, I'll take those. He's such a Queenslander, you have no idea. He'd been to Vietnam, you know, he's just a real old bushy. Um, he, he says, I'll come down next week while I was up there. I'll come down next Wednesday and I'll pick them up. I said, well, it's a huge glass case. And I said, there's only me. You need to bring someone with you. And he goes, oh, no, love, we'll do it. You know, I'm thinking, have you seen this thing? I said, your father made this. It's made to last. And, you know, it's going to take a truck to move it. Nah, darling, we'll work it out. I'm thinking. He said, you can help me. And I'm thinking, are you nuts? Anyway, I got off the phone and said, Lord, you've got to be my champion. I don't know how this is going to happen. Anyway, he turns up and he's got this old... Um, ute with a cover and it's just him and he's skinny and he's had cancer he's he's had throat cancer and, and then I'm, I'm looking at him going he goes no love we'll get it on the back of the in the ute it's a covered ute you know and I'm looking at this thing I'm looking at Dave I'm looking at him I'm looking at me I'm going you're insane and the Lord said don't say anything else just let him do it and I'm like Oh, God, I'm not that good. Anyway, drags out this old blanket. He must have had it in the barn for 100 years, and it's all ratty and tatty. He goes, oh, here's my friend. I've had this for years. And I'm thinking, you and the rats have had that for years. <laughs> anyway, he goes in there. I said, how are we going to get this thing out of here, out of the house, across the tiles, out? And he backed his thing up to Dad's garage and, you know, and up the ramp. And I'm thinking, I can't even move the thing. Anyway, he got behind it and he started trying to move it and it just wouldn't move. And I'm thinking, oh, I'm in trouble now. He stopped. He goes, I said, what are we going to do? He goes, just let me think about it for a minute. He stood there for about five minutes, I'm thinking. Well, anyway, he goes, no, I worked it out. You stand here. I'll just lift this up. I'll stand here, put the push. I'm thinking. <laughs> so... He nearly got a hernia pushing it, but he pushed it out. But he worked it out. Oh, he engineered the whole thing on angles. You would have loved it. And then we, we finally got it out. And then he had a trolley outside. So, he, he, you know, he said, we're going to put it on the trolley. I'm thinking, oh, this thing is going to smash everywhere, all over the tiles. I can see it. Nah, we jiggled it onto the trolley and off he took it over there. And, and then we get up to this ramp and he's going to have to, we're going to have to get in the back of the ute. And I'm going... Hey, God, you've got to come to the party. He goes, ah, no way. I said, that's not even going to fit. Oh, don't worry, love, let me think. And he's there and he's working it out. And he goes, I know how we're going to do it. I don't know how he did it. But he, he angled it and he put this under there and he put this bit up and the thing went in. And I, he, he went on down the road and I'm like, you're my champion. It couldn't. He, he Yeah. He, he, he got it in the car. And I'm telling you, I'm on my own. What I'm trying to say to you is, have you ever felt so vulnerable that you're on your own facing the insurmountable odds right in front of your face and you've got nothing, nobody, you're just there? Jenny said I could have rung her, but she's a bit far away and I didn't want to bother her. Um, and, I, you know, when he waved him down the road, I thought, God, you're my champion. I rely on you for whatever because you'll come up with an amazing thing. And, the, and you know, I don't want to keep you on too long on that. 
But my, my God is my champion. He's the champion. I haven't, didn't have anybody. It was just me. And he just came to the party, okay? Here's the next bit. So he's gone with the dolls. And I was like doing a victory dance. Hallelujah. Got rid of the dolls. Okay, what about the rest of the furniture gone? What am I going to do? Okay, Narelle. Narelle said to me, there's a Maori guy on the coast I know. I'll give him a ring. You know what the Maoris are like? Free furniture. They'll be there. And I'm like, yep, I'm with you. There it is. That's the answer. So I ring him up and he goes, oh, look, I'm really strapped. I can't do it right now. I'm, I'm renovating my house. I'm moving myself. But I'll give you the name of somebody, a pastor who's got a um, drug and alcohol place called Restorations on the coast. I'm like, oh, that'll be good. They'll, he said, they'll love the furniture. Okay, so I'm getting pushed up to the date where I'm going to leave. So I ring, I leave a message, he doesn't get back to me. I get up the next day and I'm going, God, it's Friday and I'm going to leave next Thursday. Nothing's happening. I'm going crazy. Um, and this guy hasn't got back to me. If he doesn't get back to me today, that leaves me Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I haven't got time to arrange like a furniture removalist. I can't, I can't just say, come tomorrow. That's not how they work. So I'm like, God... I get my scripture back and say, God, you're my champion. What are we going to do? Within about two hours, there's a knock on the door. must have been the next day because I waited for this guy to get back to me. He never got back to me. So I'm in my jammies, swatting around at my mum's house, and there's a knock at the door. I was decently covered. I had a nice linen shirt over everything. Anyway, there's this great big guy standing at the door, mountain man, and he's got a Norton bike shirt on and all and I'm thinking hi how are you he goes hi I'm Robert and I'm like Robert I'm Robert who's Robert he goes Robert Fechner I bought your house I thought oh come in could have been a Jack the Ripper couldn't it but anyway um he comes in <laughs> it's Robert it's Robert Anyway, comes in and he said, oh, we bought your, house, your mum's house. We bought, we're the, I said, oh, it's lovely to meet you. And um, he goes, we were really sad when we came in to look at the house because we realised it was the end of an era for a family. I'm like, shut up. I already know this. Stop it. I'll be crying. I thought, what a lovely guy. Well, he just starts talking. He said, but we love this house. We just walked in here and went, oh. This is exactly what we're looking for. Now, the other thing you have to realise is that my father, when he retired at 65, he decided he'd like to be an artist. But he'd never drawn a stick man in his life. So he went to a Dutch rest, painting restorer and learned how to paint. So not only did he learn how to paint, but he loved what he did. So every wall in Mum's house, every wall is covered. Not just one, but like we've got five... Four, four, five, everywhere. Okay, and they're very interesting, serious stages of his learning ship, hey? He's a prolific artist. Oh, he went crazy. He loved it. But my mum kept saying to me, what are we going to do with those paintings? And I'm thinking, don't ask me because I don't know. Robert says, okay, well, the paintings are there. Most of the furniture's there. Everything's there. And I knew that he wanted to buy the ride on mower. Now, I've got to tell you about my dad's shed. Boys, it's boy heaven. It's 30 years of a mechanic's shed. It's got two ride-on mowers. It's got an, you know, an automatic electric wheelchair thing you take out in the road. It's got like 10 
um, spray guns hanging up. It's just got everything boys use. And I open up the door and I go, oh, mum, I can't take it. And I shut the door. Because I'm thinking, how am I going to move this stuff? Anyway, he, he, he then indicated to the real estate agent that he wanted to buy the lawnmower. So I was like, what is it? What gave me a strategy? And I said to him, Robert, how about I give you the lawnmower and you take all the furniture in it? You take everything in the house. Well, he nearly cried. He said, we were going to offer you money for everything in the house. <laughs> I'm thinking, he wanted to buy it? I said, oh, no, 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 no. I said, this is a deal for me. I said, I will give you the ride on mower. I don't want any money. I do not want money. I need help. <laughs> and he said, oh, we would be so excited to take everything as, as far as your dad's shed. <gasps> he dribbles because he's got a Pontiac Trans Am. He's got a, a crutch rocket. He's got, you know, he's just totally Boysville. And he thinks this, this shed is full of such good stuff. Oh, he's loving it. So, you know, he stayed. He said, oh, my, my, my girl, my wife is out in the car. Like, he didn't even talk to me for half an hour. I said, well, bring her in. He said, can I bring her in? I said, bring her in. So she came in. She's the sweetest little Chinese lady. She doesn't speak much English. But honestly, we had a discussion about family. We had a discussion about, um, I said, my son wants a box of the tools down there. Um, I said, he just, I said, he handed me a hammer the other day. He usually ain't handed me a hammer while I was at home. And I, he said, hold this, Mum. And I'm like, yep, it's a hammer. He goes, no, it's not. It's Granddad's DNA. Granddad's, Granddad's it, was, it, was my it was my dad's. But to him, that means this is my heritage. Um, and he wanted the toolbox. So I said to Robert, I said, oh, look, my son wants the toolbox. He goes, I completely get that. He said, it's DNA. It's full. And I'm like, is this guy... Show me your wings, mate. This guy's sent to me from God. And we're having this heartfelt conversation, the three of us, and he's just about crying. And, and I'm thinking, these are the right people. God, you have sent these people here for me. And so I was able to just go, oh, they left. And I was like, thank you, my lovely champion. I don't have to worry about how am I going to do this. So I just want to say to you, that there isn't anything, I mean, we know that. There isn't anything that God can't do. But when you're right there in the coal, on the coalface going, mm, okay, 10 tons of tools, who's going to take this? And um, a couple of days before I left, I came home and he was out the front of the house on his bike and um, he'd brought someone to look at the roof or something. And he comes over, hi, Lynn, how are you? And, and, and we're having this great conversation and he has to go, he said, oh, give me a hug. And I'm like, this is not normal. Is this normal? Is this, is this normal for someone buying a house? No, he was just like, I've got this big brother person. Here he is. He's just been sent by God. And, and I thought, you know what? We need to get to some scripture because that's where I want to go to. Not just God being the father of, of orphans and the champion of widows. But um, I just want to have a look at Philippians I love this book. Oh, I love it. Philippians 4, and where are we? <sighs> Did I write 10? Uh, I 
I'll start at 10. I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at last you have revived your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned before, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak from want, as Paul speaking to the Philippians. Not that I speak from want, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am. I know how to get along with humble means, and I also know how to live in prosperity. In any and every circumstance, I've learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, both of having abundance and suffering need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. And I'm like, I hardly even did anything except call on you, God, because I haven't got the strength to do any of this. I don't even know how it works. I physically can't do it. Nevertheless, you have done well to share with me in my affliction. The Philippians shared with Paul. And you yourselves also know, Philippians, that at the first preaching of the gospel, after I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, but you alone. For even in Thessalonica, you sent a gift more than once for my needs. And verse 17 says, Not that I seek the gift itself, but I seek for the profit which increases to your account. But, in verse 18, I have received everything in full and have an abundance. I am amply supplied. I love this. Having received from Epaphroditus what you have sent, a fragrant aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. And in verse 19, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. My God will supply every need that we have. This is a basic, simple Christian message. The rest of it is about the fragrance. And I believe this, I know it's weird how I connected this to what's happening in our country. But there has been, and 2 Corinthians 2.14 says, there's the sweet aroma of the knowledge of him in every place. And and to me, it's like there's such a new season and a new time happening that there's aroma going to happen and it's because it's 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 the aroma of the of who we are on the inside from god wow the message says everywhere we go people breathe in the exquisite fragrance because of christ we give off a sweet scent so who we are and like everywhere i went it was like just favor and they'd say wow you're amazing the tr- I'm not saying it about me, but um, the, the, the real estate agent, she's got like 20-year-old kids and sh- sh- we spent hours talking. I've given her your books. She, you know, I tied them up in a little bow and said, these are for Shelley. Um, but she's like, wow, I've never met anybody like you. You're so interesting. You've got such amazing ideas about all sorts of things. I haven't heard that. I didn't know that. Blah, 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 blah. And you're like, hey. I'm thinking, well, I thought everybody knew these things, but... <laughs> Obviously in Queensland. <laughs> no. They got, very, they got very quickly enculturated. They were very smart. Um, and I, I, you know, I go home and I think, just sort of ponder it and treasure it in my heart and think, it's you, God. It's you, God. It's you, God. When we, when we give, when we give us, when we look after other people, which is our Christian, uh, you know, it's a right we have as Christians then out of us comes the fragrance of Christ to other people and that beautiful, sweet aroma. And I just believe that, like, this is happening. This is actually happening in our country. Let me tell you, there is a peaceful spirit. The other thing that was trying to happen in our country was an antichrist spirit trying to take over. And that now has to back down 
because the spirit of Jesus has come to our country in a great way. And so I'm just going to take up the offering. You don't mind, do you, Louie? You know, goodness gracious, if anybody here doesn't know about taking up the offering, we need to go home. We do know, don't we? We want to give. And that's what, you know, the, that's what this scripture is talking about. It's about giving. And they were looking after Paul. It's a fragrance. It's a reality. You see, it's not just, oh, well, I do this because Jesus said. No, it happens. And it creates something within us. It creates the life of Christ, which is a sweet aroma. And people are drawn. Come on, just come and put your ties in. Praise the Lord. Um, we can take it around if you like, Alan. Go on, let's make a change. <laughs> make a change. Go on. We haven't seen Alan taking the ties out. Good on you, darling. Love you. Oh, God is just so good. I am so excited about the future, about what God's got planned for this country. And it, it's more than, more than us. I mean, we're here. I don't know why we're here. We've got a place. It's our home and we're ready. And we're like, okay, show us. That's where I'm at. I've been like that since we moved here. Show us. Show us. Show us. Come on, Lord. I, I wake up expecting to hear, okay, today this is what's going to happen. And that's going to happen. Now, um, 2 Corinthians 9.10 says, Now, he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. What does it do? It produces what? A harvest of righteousness when we're actually seed sowers. But, you know, God gives us the seed to sow anyway. Praise God. And you will be what? Enriched in everything for all liberality, which through us is producing thanksgiving to God. Now, liberality, that word means it's benevolence. And it actually means to have motivation um, out of proper motivation, giving out of proper motivation. So, you know, we can give out of the wrong motivation according to the word. You know, we don't give to get. That's not why we're motivated to do it. We're motivated out of a love for God. And then God just, in, what does he say? He enriches us. Who wants to be enriched? For all liberality. We've been enriched for a purpose. Liberality is, a, um, is benevolence, which is kind-heartedness and tenderness and thinking about other people because God is wanting us to minister to other people. And that's not just here in this house. That's wherever we are, wherever our life takes us, we are the fragrance of Christ to other people. And they're certainly asking questions right now, like how did this happen? They're all, many people are in shock and our blessed Prime Minister is saying, well, it's a miracle and they're all going, you know, kind of the sort of people that go, what? What do you mean a miracle? I'm glad you asked. I'm really excited about being able to help you understand what happened. And, you know, a lot of non-Christians are shocked to find out that the church around Australia prayed. <laughs> Prayed and fasted for this thing. And they're like, what? Talk to me about that. I don't understand. I'm glad you asked. And so there's, it's a tremendous season of opportunity to sow seed. I'm excited. I'm very excited. Very excited that everything's happened for me in the small space of seven weeks. Um, and it's 
you know, done and dusted, and I'm like, wow, my, I'm, I'm just might say my mother just loves where she's at. She's very excited, and I'm excited to know that she's well cared for and happy, and um, now I can, I feel like, okay, let's go. Let's get headed out. Praise the Lord. Let's stand. You all right, Don? <laughs> oh, you're tired. Yeah. Yeah, that's why they make great beds. <laughs> oh, Father. Father, you're just, you're just extraordinary. And Lord God, we've experienced, we're actually living to see something that's quite extraordinary, Lord God, in the nation. You know, I mean, Bob Hawke died the day before the election and I thought it was actually a prophetic sign. Okay, uh, you missed that one, but you got it. Yeah, because I, I thought it was funny because people were trying to make it into a, a rallying um, call. And I thought, I think you've got the wrong thing. That's not. But anyway, God is good. So, Father, we just thank you, Lord God. You can't take care of everything that is concerning us. That, Lord, there's nothing that concerns us that you haven't already planned out. So, Lord God, we thank you that you have planned out the days ahead for this country. We, we thank you that, Father God, we've got such a love and a concern for our nation. And, Father God, we thank you that you're opening doors. Father, you've called us to the heart of this nation. And, Father, we will continue to walk and pray and, and see that vision of yours come to pass, Lord God, so that it will impact this country. And, Father, we thank you. We, we give you thanks. It's a day of thanks. It's a weekend of thanksgiving that, Father God, you have done something for us, Lord God. And, Lord, we come with great thanksgiving and appreciation for it. And, Lord God, everything that concerns us in this building right now, I just pray right now that every need will be met, every sickness will be healed, every heart, Lord God, that's broken will be healed. And, Father God, that you have every one of us right in the palm of your hand. You've, you say in your word that you have our names tattooed on the palm 